kids global warming, but it's not too late. We can still reduce greenhouse gas pollution. Go to fightglobalwarming.com. Brought to you by Environmental Defense, the Robertson Foundation, and the Ad Council. So very, very sad. Listen to Sad Lad Hours Mondays at 10 to midnight on VIC Radio. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. Welcome to Go Chat Gridiron with your hosts, Michael Buetti, Matthew Kane, and Connor Wood. I'm Matt Cain, alongside Connor Wood and Mike Buetti, as the intro fades out. We are here for another episode on a Sunday. It is September 19th, and it is 11 a.m., and we got some football to talk about. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. How about you, Matt? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Um, I'm doing really good as well. Mike cut me off there. Okay. Yeah, I, f- I figured Mike cut you off. Got a little mic issues here on uh, VIC Radio, so Connor and Mike, you know, they love each other. They're sharing a mic today, um, so this should be really interesting to see how they uh, how they go in together. You know, on Gocha, if you watch, they uh, they they're the biggest rivalry. They fight a lot, so uh, it'll be interesting one to, to watch. Um, but we got a great week one. I, I will just say that for the NFL, it was. A tremendous week. It was so great to watch NFL back. I watched NFL Red Zone at from 1 p.m. all the way up to 4:25, and then after that, I just watched the um, the Green Bay Packers just get absolutely destroyed by the New Orleans Saints. But we're here to recap Week One and our first topic for today's episode. I'll swing it over to Connor um, first, and then I'll go over to Mike. Uh, what did you think of Week One? What, what were the winners, losers, the big games, and uh, yeah. Just happy to have football back in general as far as week one. Every single game was played incredibly well. Um, as far as winners, I think I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints as my biggest winner. You know, a lot of people coming into the year didn't know exactly what they would see out of Jameis Winston. You know, the, the new quarterback in the New Orleans Saints, Drew Brees, obviously walking into the, the tunnel and never returning to Mercedes-Benz Superdome as a quarterback. Um, a lot of people didn't know exactly what he would get, and he didn't have to do much against a really bad uh Green Bay Packers team there in week one, but five touchdown passes there, under 200 yards, but five touchdown passes from famous Jameis, and I think he's going to be a winner as well as the New Orleans Saints for week one. Um, Yeah, I think the Saints are a great pick for a winner for week one. Jameis was uber-efficient throwing the ball, and that defense looked really good, making Aaron Rodgers look like a third-string quarterback. It was amazing what the Saints were able to do. Personally, coming into the season, I would I do not expect them um, to play like this every single week. Obviously, it was a great week one, and I'm I'm excited to see what they have to 
um, improve on from here on out throughout the season. But I thought another big winner was the L.A. Rams. They came out in L.A., really shut down the Bears' offense, and uh, looked very, very explosive on offense. Matt Stafford looks like a great fit in that McVay offense. So I think the Rams looked like a big, big winner. Um, there were like some questions about like chemistry and stuff like that. That looked like it wasn't a problem at all. So the Rams are definitely going to be a team to watch out in the NFC. Man, I love L.A. I will just say that right now. Out of all the teams in the first week in the NFC, I would say L.A. would be uh, my early favorite after week one to make the Super Bowl. I know I previously said Green Bay, but I just don't think Green Bay's defense, if they continue to play like they did, um, can hold up there. I think there's a lot of winners that you could go through, um, but I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. They absolutely destroyed the Atlanta Falcons. This could be on the Falcons, but um, I, I'm I'm not sure it's totally on the Falcons here. Jalen Hurts played tremendous. I mean, for a quarterback that we really didn't know what he was going to be able to do coming into year two, uh, he threw threw the ball really efficiently, 27 for 35, 264 yards, three touchdowns. And including that, he got uh, Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, who's a rookie out of Memphis, I believe, um, and then Devonta Smith, Jalen Rager. You know, he had a pretty rough rookie year. Uh, he got them involved. And then they're two tight end set. I mean, with Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz, they both got involved too. So I would say Jalen, and just to know, Jalen has more 200-yard games than Lamar Jackson already. So, uh, yeah, Jalen, I think the future is looking bright for Jalen. I'm not sure that he's going to have a downfall like I really thought. You know, another team that I really want to highlight is uh, a team who I picked on Goat Chat on YouTube as the favorites for me to win their division, and that's the Arizona Cardinals. Um, You know, a lot of people came in, and there was already a lot of scrutiny and speculation about Cliff Kingsbury. What kind of system does he run? I mean, he was was the first name thrown around about potential coaches on the hot seat already this year in the preseason before the season even started, and you know— well, fair fair analysis there. I mean, last year his his mindset when he got into that red zone, that 10-5, was give it to Kenyon Drake at, at all costs. You know, we saw a little bit of a different offense there early in week one, obviously, but he got Hopkins involved with two touchdowns there week one. Kyler Murray looked explosive in week one. So, I mean, obviously still really early on, but I liked what I saw a lot from the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, Chandler Jones, career day, five sacks. Um, really like Arizona this year. And for a guy who who requested the trade or who wanted out in, in Chandler Jones, Syracuse grad, I will just or Syracuse alum. He, I don't think he graduated there, but just like to point that out. Mike, do you have any uh, thoughts? Um, no, we pretty much got all of it covered. Um, like Connor said, the Cardinals were a huge, huge winner. They came out. Not only did they score a lot of points, which is what we expected them to do, but we saw them shut down a, what we all thought was going to be a potent offense in the Tennessee Titans. Um, might just be a week one thing, but uh, for Tennessee, their offensive line looks like a major, major issue, and that could just be the doing of Chandler Jones. He might just be so much better than every other pass r- or most pass rushers in the league, but the Arizona Cardinals looked very impressive. And same with the Seattle Seahawks. They came out, um, won a two-possession game against the Indianapolis Colts, uh, a team with a really good defense and uh, a solid offense. So I thought what they did to Indianapolis was very impressive on both sides of the ball. Yeah, definitely. I think Seattle is also a great pick. They really came out, uh, tossed tossed some dimes to Tyler Lockett, um, Russell Wilson, and, and Tyler Lockett, and then even DK Metcalf got involved there. 
Uh, I think there was a lot of great teams that in week one, and I think there was a lot of good teams that I think are going to be good that just did not uh, play well at all. I mean, I'm talking about the Packers. You know, I think I don't think the Ravens played really well. There, that game was it was a great game nonetheless, but I think both teams really struggled with the ball um, and, and some bad luck for the Raiders. It ended up pulling it out, but still. Uh, the Titans, I think, are a good team. They just didn't play that well. The Bills, I think they're going to be a good team. Didn't play that well. The Colts, uh, we'll see what the Colts can do. I, I still think highly of the Colts there. Uh, Carson Wentz and, and uh, Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. And with Zach Pascal, who even had two touchdowns on the day, Michael Pittman wasn't really involved. But, yeah, there was a lot of losers. Uh, if you want to tra- tra- transition into that, unless you have another thought, Connor. Well, I was just going to say, I think the biggest thing that we saw from week one is that a, a quarterback, a future quarterback, you know, a pivotal talent does not change an NFL team. And we saw that with both the Jets and the Jaguars, the number one and two overall pick. Obviously, Zach Wilson got sacked six times. Um, so, I mean, if you don't have an offensive line there and with the Jets, you know, he's not going to have great success. He did have some really good throws. I liked what I saw a lot from Zach Wilson. Obviously, I'm a big Jets fan, um, so I liked what I saw a lot from him. But, I mean, even in Trevor Lawrence's circumstance, I mean, he's a great quarterback, and he threw for three touchdowns. He also threw for three interceptions. And that defense for Jacksonville made Tyrod Taylor look like he was Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the way Tyrod Taylor carved up that that defense there. And, I mean, Mike said it here on the show last week. Houston, we we, we expected them to be really bad. Obviously, first, first overall pick, potential 0-17 season. And they came out, and they looked really good against the Jacksonville Jaguars team that a lot of people thought would be on the rise with with Trevor Lawrence um, there at quarterback. And it's it's definitely tough because you you see and you understand that a quarterback at the number one overall draft pick does not change an NFL football team. Yeah, it's very tough for these young quarterbacks to change a team from a jump, especially a 1-15 team like the Jaguars were last year. I mean, there's still not a lot of talent on the team. I like what they're doing. I like what they're building in Jacksonville. But um, it's not going to happen overnight. And the same thing with the Jets. Uh, Zach Wilson had some promising moments, but there was also a lot of uh, moments to worry about, moments that he could improve on. So I think that's a couple things to take away from both of these young quarterbacks. Yeah, and I I mean, Connor, you bring up a really good point about the offensive line. It's something that uh, I have been promoting and and saying uh, for for a while now. I mean, we look at Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. His offensive line was awful. We look at Green Bay. uh, The offensive line did hold their ground, but when we're looking at Aaron Rodgers' first interception, Cam Jordan and another defensive line that I have no idea who it was came at Aaron Rodgers pretty much. He said that he got hit in the lower region of uh, the belt, but... um, it led him to force a bad ball to Devontae Adams that ended up being uh, underthrown, and it was an intercepted. Not not his second one. His second one, he just decided to air it out to Marcos Valdez-Scantling for no apparent reason. But still, I think an offensive line, and I still think an offensive line is really it's, it's key for, for success in um, for, for an NFL team. But, um, yeah, I mean, sticking with week one, um, might as well stick with the, uh, you know, we do go to the week on uh, on Go Chat, um, but we're we're gonna translate it into here, transition it into here. We'll go to the week of week one. We can each pick at the same person. It doesn't have to be different. I know we do on air, um, but who wants to go first? Go to the week one. It could be a player or you know just a, a general statement. 
I can take this first year. You know, I picked him for go to the week uh, on our podcast and obviously was not able to film, went home this past weekend, had a great weekend. Um, go to week one is Chandler Jones. I mentioned him earlier, five sacks, and he made Taylor Lewin really look like he was a really, really bad offensive tackle there in Tennessee. I mean, he went to Twitter and said that Chandler Jones really made him look like a fool, and that's what helps him get better. That's what helps NFL players get better is you, you look bad on the field, and Chandler Jones certainly made him look bad with five sacks and was in that Tennessee backfield all game. And, I mean, Matt alluded to him. He requested a trade this past offseason. Arizona kept him there, and he had five sacks. I mean, def- definitely a big week one for, for Chandler Jones. Mike? I think it's got to be Kyler Murray. I know, Matt, you picked him for Go of the Week on our podcast, Go Chat, but it's 100% got to be him. I mean, he looked like an absolute superstar uh, Sunday during the day. Five touchdowns, four passing, one rushing. Just his ability to escape the pocket and keep the play going and deliver an accurate ball to his wide receivers, especially in the red zone. That's where you know the difference between good quarterback play an elite quarterback play comes down to. And Colin Murray did that play after play after play on Sunday against the Titans, and he looked outstanding. Yeah, that was a good pick, too. Obviously, I did pick him. Um, but, no, Kyler Murray did look really good. I wasn't really sure about him, what he was going to be able to do. Um, but he did play really good, and I think that's a good pick. But I'm going to go with something else. Uh, I did say it was going to be an X-Factor last week and I'm going to go with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers offensive line they were going up against the Washington football team which we know their defense can be really well they got four sacks on New York uh, this past Thursday but you know we look at uh, the Chargers what they were able to do and I said the offensive line was going to get tested there's only two sacks only two sacks on Justin Herbert and I think that's a win and especially because they they won that game and uh, it was it was pivotal to have a really good offensive line for Justin he only threw one interception, which I don't think he was being rushed. I, I could be wrong, but I did see it. I just don't think he was being rushed. But, yeah, the Los Angeles Chargers had to play well offensive line. With their offensive line, they got new guys, Corey Lindsley, uh, Rayshon Slater from the draft. And I think that's a that's a huge W when they're coming in and Justin Herbert's only getting sacked twice because I know for a fact he was definitely getting sacked way more last year. I think that's enough talk about week one of the NFL regular season. Week two kicked off on Thursday. We will break that game down next. We have a whole slate of action here on Sunday afternoon to break down for you here on Goat Chat Gridiron. We'll be back right after these breaks on VIC Radio. You are listening to VIC Radio, the only radio station that can teach robots how to love. The best of what's next. Medical mistakes claim tens of thousands of lives every year. The healthcare community is working on it, but you can help. When you communicate with your doctor, when you ask more questions, you reduce your risk of suffering a medical mistake. Doctors can't answer if you don't ask. Help reduce your risk. Questions are the answer. Learn the 10 questions you must ask. Visit www.ahrq.gov. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the Agency for Healthcare Research and Quality, and the Ad Council. Do you love listening to us and want to keep up to date on all things VIC? Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at VIC Radio. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. 
We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and the victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We have heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. Welcome back to Go Chat here, or Go Chat Gridiron, excuse me, here on VIC Radio. That's a that's a habit at this point. Um, we talked about the week one. We recap that. We got a Thursday night football to go Thursday night football game to go over. We had the Washington football team going up against the New York Giants. That was a tremendous game. I mean, uh, it did end up it end up coming to the final seconds with Dustin Hopkins making a field goal after missing one, and it was offsides. Uh, but the Washington football team did win. 32-29. Before we go into the takeaways on Washington and New York, what did you guys think of the game? It was a really good Thursday night football game, and I mean, I was shocked. I mean, the way these games have ended on in primetime, I mean, Monday night in, in Vegas with uh, field goal with eight seconds left into overtime, touchdown, overruled, interception, fumble, field goal, and then, I mean, now field goal to win it, he misses offsides on the Giants. He makes it. I mean, some crazy endings to these primetime games. Great games to have there in uh, in the primetime there for the, these early seasons. But it was a really good game. I mean, obviously, a 30-29 to 29 game win by one point is a, a really good game. Division rivals, obviously, we knew it would be good. Yeah, I got to agree with you there. That game, similar to the Monday night game where uh, the Ravens-Raiders game, Super, super entertaining. If you're a football fan, you watch every single second of that game. And uh, it really came down to the wire. And I was impressed with both quarterbacks, Daniel Jones and Taylor Haneke. I know um, Daniel Jones is uh, the behind of some jokes around the NFL community, but he really balled out Thursday night against Washington. He utilized his legs very, very well, running for over 80 yards and scoring a touchdown. And Taylor Haneke, I really think that he looks like a capable starting quarterback in the NFL. I really don't know how much of a drop-off there is from Fitzpatrick to Heineke, if there is any at all. Honestly, I, I really think that Taylor Heineke could be something and that Fitzpatrick wasn't anything too special. So I think this Washington team will be just fine um, without Ryan Fitzpatrick. But I just want to keep an eye out for their defense because they allowed 29 points to the New York Giants. Um, that's unacceptable for a defense that we thought was going to be top five in the NFL. So um, they got to fix it up for week three. But other than that, uh, those are some of, some of my thoughts on uh, the week two game. Yeah, no, Washington's defense is not looking like it's a top-five defense like we, we thought. I thought it was easily going to be a top-five defense coming into this year after what they did, uh, at they, what they were able to do at the end of last year. But well, that, what? well, they only allowed 20 to the L.A. Chargers, so maybe it's just a Daniel yeah. Jones thing. You know, he, he has his way with uh, Washington, so maybe that could be it. But uh, um, I, I think they'll balance back. They have so much talent, especially in that front seven. No, they do, and, and especially adding William Jackson, who was able to get an interception week one over Justin Herbert. Um, I think they added a lot of great guys, and, and I, I, I do think I'm, I'm hoping that they, uh, they're able to play better um, moving forward. But yeah, I mean the the Giants, the Giants are always so close. I mean I'm thinking back to Thursday last year uh, when they played the Eagles, and Evan Ingram dropped the ball. Um, to get their first down and, and not let the Eagles be able to get the ball. And then I'm thinking to Darius Slayton this week, dropping that ball in the end zone. If it was only Kenny Galladay, I think Kenny Galladay would have been uh, catching that ball. But, 
Yeah, I mean Taylor Heineke played really well, three hundred and thirty-six yards, two touchdowns. He it was a little slow to begin with, I would say, uh, for Taylor. But once he got the swing of things, I think he did great. And when you have a player like Terry McLaurin catching the footballs, it, it's a W. I mean Terry McLaurin is one of the. I think he's a. I honestly think he's a top ten receiver, for sure now. I mean he's he's played with how many different quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks was it? It was ten, I think. It, it was a lot. It was definitely double digits, and that that should not be a double digits for a guy who's been in the league for three to four years. Am I right? It's, it's around there. Yeah. Um, I would like to see them get Antonio Gibson the ball more. They kind of used J.D. McKissick a lot in the passing game. Uh, McKissick actually averaged sixteen point six yards uh, receiving. Uh, but yeah, I mean Washington. I think they got away with one, but uh, it's tough for New York to go down. Uh, zero and two in in the NFC East. This was the first time in Daniel Jones's career that he lost to the Washington Football Team. He was four and zero going into the game, and I mean, you mentioned the the Giants' struggles there in primetime, and I also think back last year when they were playing Tampa Bay on Monday Night Football. They had oh yeah, they almost won that. Yeah, they had so many chances to win there, and even towards the end of the game, and I mean, just dropped passes. Daniel Jones really had some really bad throws. I remember in that game. Um, the question that I want to pose to you guys is. When should we worry about Saquon Barkley? Obviously, he had 57 yards on the ground on Thursday night, four and a half yards per carry. But, I mean, coming off an ACL tear, he did not look good week one. Week two, he had one 41-yard one run, that, and then the rest of it was, was minimal games. When should we worry about Saquon Barkley here in the backfield for the Giants? I'm not worried about him. I'm going to be honest. Um, I think they're not using him as much as, uh, you know, we've seen them use Saquon Barkley, obviously, because Saquon Barkley before his ACL injury was literally a workhorse in that New York Giants offense. But I think I've, I've seen good enough flashes for him. I think it's just a matter of time of when he's going to start to be able to do that again. I don't think it's going to be a permanent thing or a long-term thing where he's only getting like two yards of rush. I still think highly of Saquon, not necessarily for fantasy-wise, if you're listening for that. I don't think he's that good of a fantasy running back for right now. But I, I think highly of Saquon still. And it, with that flash, when I saw that 41-yard run, I thought it was I, – I was like, man, that is Saquon Barkley from two years ago. I'm excited to see what he can do for the rest of the season because I, I think it's he's going up from here. Yeah, Although he did explode on that 41-yard run, I think it's going to take him a while for him to really get back to full form. Um, we, we can't forget that it wasn't just an ACL tear. He pretty much blew up his whole knee. Meniscus tear, other types of, types of tendons and cartilage were also messed up as well. So this is really going to be a long process for Saquon. And the Giants, you know, this is their prized possession. They took him with the number two pick in uh, 2018, I think. Um, so they want to protect him. They want to make sure that he's ready to go when he gets that full workload. And at some point in the season, um, barring any injury, he will get that full workload. But um, we we also got to remember that when he was healthy, he was kind of like that boom bust running back as well, um, where he would you know rush two times, three times. I mean, for two yards, three yards, and boom, he he's off to the races for a sixty-yard touchdown. So I think that's one thing uh, that we can't really expect to change, especially when the Giants have such a poor offensive line. And they they just endured more injuries to that offensive line uh, this past Thursday against Washington. So I think it's going to take a while for 
Saquon to fully come into his own. Yeah, but overall, I really liked what I saw from from both teams. Obviously, I think Washington football team has a really good chance to win this division. Given I didn't know exactly what Dak Prescott would do coming out, um, he looked, the Dallas Cowboys looked really great week one. But with Washington football team, I think they looked great. You know, obviously Taylor Heineke, I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I think he could take that starting job from Ryan Fitzpatrick down the line. Obviously, that would be a little crappy for Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, he lost his job last year to Tua. This year, he would lose it to Taylor Heineke. But I, I'm optimistic about both these teams. I, I, not to say that I don't. I think Daniel Jones is a good quarterback, but I think he can get the job done there in New York with what they need him to be. I mean, he, we, they got receivers around him now. There's no excuse for him to to mess this year up. And I, I think he'll, I think he'll be okay. Please take Daniel away from New York. I think Daniel Jones can be a Ryan Tannehill type of player. I think he has I I honestly think looking looking at how he played, I know he can be a, a big joke in the league, you know. Um just look at the guy. <laughs> but no, Daniel I think Daniel Jones is a good player. He's got the arm strength, he's got the deep ball accuracy. We know that. He can run the ball pretty he's pretty fast, I'm not gonna lie. I did not realize that he was really fast. Um but he's a good player. I think I think he could be a really good system guy. I just want to get him out of New York because that offensive line is just awful. A lot of drops. I mean, Galladay, a couple of good Galladay's balls were drops too, and I was like, man, that's Kenny Galladay. Um, but, no, I think Sterling Shepard played really well for his receivers. But I think Daniel Jones is a – he's a good – I don't know if I – I think he, he has the potential to be a good quarterback. I think one thing he – needs to change, you know, this is an ongoing issue throughout his first two years starting in the NFL, is turnovers. Yeah. You know, whether it's fumbling or throwing interceptions, uh, just completely missing the target. He didn't really do that too much Thursday, but I think over the course of the season, he's going to, you know, still be that turnover machine. And obviously Jason Garrett in that offensive line is not helping him out. They brought him a bunch of uh, weapons, which is nice. But he still needs to learn how to take care of the ball. It's one of it literally can make or break the game um, every single week. We saw it uh, Monday night with the Ravens Raiders game. Lamar Jackson fumbles the ball at the thirty yard line. The Raiders win the game because of it. So Daniel Jones needs to continue to work on that. And until then, it's going to be very hard to trust him to lead a winning team. You know, what do we think about the uh, the situation we saw there on Thursday night on the sideline with Kenny Galladay? Seemed to be yelling quite vocally to, to Daniel Jones on the sideline about some sort of issue. I mean, we look at Kenny Galladay's final stat line in that game, three catches for 38 yards. They brought him in for big money in the offseason. What what do we think about this this breakdown that they had on the sideline? Do we think it was good? Do we think it's going to fire up Daniel Jones? Or do we think it's just going to bring that team chemistry down there in New York? I mean, I saw it wasn't even Danny. I, I saw he was... Yelling at someone else when Daniel Jones walked in. I don't. I don't really believe. I, I mean, regardless, I have. I didn't really look into it that much. Um, but I don't really believe that they were actually yelling at each other. Um, I because cause I heard from reports on Twitter that uh, Daniel walked in and Kenny Galladay was yelling. So I'm not looking into that at, at all, really. I mean, and and if they were yelling at each other, that's just that's just how it goes. Sometimes we see some players get. Uh, pretty angry on the sidelines. I don't think Kenny Galladay should even be angry because he had a couple drops throughout the game. Yeah, I agree with you, Matt. It's not something that I would be too concerned about. <clears throat> I mean, it happens for 
NFL teams, how many times did Des Bryant go to the sideline yelling after, you know, he wasn't getting targets and stuff like that? But um, I think it's just, it, it was just more publicized. It was caught on camera. And that's the difference between, um, you know, have it, having it be a big deal and having it not be a big deal. So, I mean, unless it's like week after week, I wouldn't look into it too much. But I shouldn't. I wouldn't be too concerned right now if I'm a Giants fan about that particular moment. I would be very concerned about a large portion of the team, but in that specific moment, I wouldn't, you know, ring the alarm. Yeah, no, I wouldn't either. Um, would you, Connor? I guess since you posed the question, I don't think I would. I was just going to try to see what you guys got. You know, I, I looked at a lot of the reports that you saw, Matt, and I, I saw that I think he was yelling at a different coach, and Daniel Jones just kind of walked into it. But I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's football. Frustration's going to happen. You know, you're dropping passes. You you got paid as a, a big time wide receiver then in the offseason. You want to come in and you want to be able to produce right away for this team that paid you that money. You're dropping passes. You're going to be frustrated. You know, tempers are going to flare. Um, so I mean, that's it's just what's going to happen. That's football. At the end of the day, I mean, these people are paid to hit each other, to catch, to throw, to score touchdowns, and when that stuff isn't producing for them in their own head that they want to produce and get more money down the line, they're going to get upset, and they're going to get frustrated, and I think that's what we saw from Kenny Galladay on Thursday night. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just brings throwbacks to Odell Beckham Jr. on the sidelines for New York, right? <laughs> um, we're going to head into our, our next break, the second break of today, and when we come back, we're going to be talking, we're going to be looking towards week two, and we're going to be asking a question, which team needs to win the most coming in to week two? We are Go Jack Gridiron here on VIC Radio. Get out, guys! My parents are home! What's going on here? You're not mad at me for throwing a party? No, sweetie. We're just mad that you guys don't know how to party. Listen to Songs Your Dad Likes every Monday from 6 to 8 p.m. on VIC Radio. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. Welcome back to Goat Chat Gridiron here on VIC Radio. Just before the break, we were talking about Thursday Night Football between the Washington football team and the New York Giants, but now we're going to go towards looking into Week 2. And Connor posed the question, which team needs to win the most in coming into Week 2? Connor, you posed the question, so I'm going to throw it to you first. Who do you think needs to win the most? I think to win the the team that needs to win the most is undoubtedly the New England Patriots. Um, you know, they played a close game with the the Miami Dolphins there. Um, they go into East Rutherford to play the Jets in a game that they should win. And, uh, I mean, if we look th- at their two games ahead, if they, if, if they do fall to the Jets today, they welcome the Saints next week, who looked really good in Week 1. And then Tom Brady's returning to New England there on Sunday Night Football two weeks out from now on October 3rd. So if they fall tonight, or if they fall today to the Jets, I mean... These are two games that they could lose. You're looking at an 0-4 start going into October. That's a really bad start for a team that's supposedly in a uh, an a- AFC East 
uh, division race with the Buffalo Bills and Miami Dolphins. So I think they are the team that most undoubtedly needs to win today in Week 2. Yeah, I mean, I'm, re- I'm really excited to see uh, the Patriots-Buccaneers. I will just say that for right now. That is going to be one great game. Uh, but for which team needs to win coming into Week 2, I think it has got to be... I'm going to go with, with with my team. It's got to be the Green Bay Packers. I mean, if you go out and you lose to the Saints, you lose to the Lions, you already know that your team is not going to be what you hoped. I mean, they they're, they obviously think highly of their team. Aaron Rodgers could be his last game, or last season, excuse me, in Green Bay. So they think highly it's supposed to be the last dance. Maybe they tripped and fell in the first part of the last dance, but they got to get back up and they they got to play some football. I mean, next week going in, they have the the 49ers Sunday night football game. The 49ers have a good defense. Uh who knows what can happen there? And then after that the Steelers, great defense. The Bengals, you know, Bengals Bears football team, Cardinals Chiefs, you know, we could go on and on. But I think Green Bay needs to win, especially if the Bears or the Vikings are going to win, which Vikings are playing the Cardinals, Bears are playing the Bengals. Regardless, the Lions are supposed to be a bottom five team. You have to win that game, and you have to fix the defense. I think one team that really needs a win coming into this week is a rival of the Green Bay Packers, and that's the Chicago Bears. They came out and looked horrible against the Rams. They No fast of the game looked like a strength for them, except you know maybe their pass rush. But other than that, they struggle in the secondary, multiple blown coverages, multiple big plays to uh, Van Jefferson and Cooper Cup, and their offense looked putrid. Um, they just were not able to move the ball down, their, down the field. David Montgomery still looked like a really, really good running back. He was able to find the holes against a really tough Los Angeles Rams defense. But I think... Uh, they need a win week two against the Bengals. I understand that the Bengals came out and beat the Vikings week one. But after the Bengals, they got the Browns in week three. Uh, they have to come out and win this game and write their season if they want any shot at the playoffs. There's a lot of really good teams and then in the NFC. And if the Bears want to keep up, they need to take advantage of the games that they're given, like the Cincinnati Bengals right now. Yeah, I mean, I think... I was I was going into this question thinking that I was just going to say the NFC North as a whole, maybe not the Lions because I don't think the Lions really think highly of themselves. But, yeah, I mean, I, I even think the Vikings want to come in to win this game. The Cardinals, fantastic team, you know. Maybe you're not going to win, but they, they go on to play the Seahawks, the Browns, right after that. I mean, that could be an 0-4 start of the season. So I think, oh, they also play Cowboys, Ravens, Chargers, Packers. Like in a row, holy moly! Uh, so I think they might need to win too. I think it's a whole NFC North thing. Regard, uh, subtract out the the Detroit Lions. Matt just stole my thunder there. I had the Vikings all up on my screen ready to talk about their schedule. He swoops in for the takedown, but I mean, yeah, I think the Vikings are definitely in need of win today. Arizona Cardinals, as I mentioned, are a really good team, but with their schedule upcoming, Seahawks, Browns, as you mentioned. They need a win if they want to stay competitive in an NFC North where all four teams lost week one. It is wide open. Obviously, it is, in my opinion, still the Green Bay Packers division to lose. They are undoubtedly the best team there in that division. But if we see a struggling defense and another struggling week from Aaron Rodgers against a Detroit Lions team, I think it's time to throw a red flag up there and say maybe this division is open, more open than we thought. Mike, did you have a thought? Yeah, I was just going to say, the Lions honestly looked like the best team in the NFC North Week 1. 
it's crazy to think about. They they had a major major comeback against the 49ers. They weren't able to complete it and win the game. <clears throat> but what we saw from their offense, especially their utilization of the tight end position and their running backs, TJ Hawkinson looked uh like a superstar. Same with DeAndre Swift. So, I think, you know, the Lions, they might be their defense will be very very poor, and I don't know if it was just like a game script thing where the 49ers were just letting them uh, pass the ball willy-nilly up and down the field. But uh, I think the Lions look like the best team. Another team that really needs a win in Week 2 is the Tennessee Titans. We just discussed the how the Arizona Cardinals are playing the Vikings Week 2. The Titans played them Week 1 and did not look very good at all. And they're playing uh, another NFC West opponent this week in the Seattle Seahawks, who looked very, very good in Week 1. And after the Seahawks, they have the Colts, the Jets, and the Jaguars are an easy matchup. But in Week 6, you got the Bills, and that, that's going to be a rough matchup. And especially going into uh, a divisional matchup with your main uh, competitor for that AFC South crown, you got to be able to gain some confidence and head into that Week 3, really thinking that you can win that game. So th- even if they don't win this week, they need to so- show some sort of promise to being a winning team this season. Connor, you have a thought? Yeah, you know, I was just going to go back to Mike's original team of the Chicago Bears, and I definitely do think they are a team that's in need of a win. But I think if they want to win, they need to make a switch. You know, I mean, it's been talked about, you traded up for your guy Get him on the field. You know, Andy Dalton, obviously, in week one, 206 yards, interception, two carries on the ground. Justin Fields threw the ball twice, 10 yards, and had a rushing touchdown there against the Rams. He's your guy. You traded up to get this guy at the 10th overall pick in the draft. He needs to see the field. You know, obviously, I mean, all the rookie quarterbacks drafted in round one, scored a touchdown last week. Trey Lance threw a touchdown. Justin Fields is a better quarterback than Andy Dalton. It's a closer conversation there in San Francisco between Jimmy G and Trey Lance. Justin Fields is better than Andy Dalton. Your fans see it. I mean, everybody sees it. You need to get him on the field if you want to win. Mike? Yeah, I agree with you. And Ian Rappaport reported that Justin Fields is going to get more snaps this week, that the Bears are absolutely in love with what he's putting on the practice field right now. And what he put on in his limited time in preseason and against the Rams was very, very promising. He looks, I mean, he's a phenomenal athlete, and I think uh, he's he still has a massive, massive arm. Um, I think, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world if you sit him right now, but if you want to win this season, I still think that Justin Fields is your best option with Andy Dalton. Um, he hasn't led a winning team since, like, 20, 2015 with, with the Cincinnati Bengals, so... I think Justin Fields, uh, you, you just got to take a shot with him. You just have to. Yeah. Um, circling back, I want to talk a little bit about Detroit Lions and how good they played. I mean, they scored 33 points in three quarters. I think that is really good for a team that we did not think highly of at all. I mean, Jared Goff, threw 50, he threw the ball 57 times, completed 38 of them. But he had 338 yards, three touchdowns, and that one pick six, which was, you know, it was it was a it was a bad throw. He shouldn't have thrown it. It was, you know, it was whatever. But even rushing, I mean, Jamal Williams having a day nine nine only nine carries, 54 yards and a touchdown, and then catching the ball eight times for 56 yards. Great to see him back. Great to see him, you know, actually playing a lot. I, I loved him as a as a Packer. He is just. 
He's a locker room guy. I don't know if you guys saw the videos about him going back to the Packers and being like his ex. I thought that was hilarious. But, no, I mean, the Lions-Packers Lions game Monday night, I would not be shocked if it is relatively close. I think the Lions offense can find a way to attack the Green Bay defense. And it is a rivalry game, and I, I think we we take those rivalry games for granted and we just say, oh, that team's better. I think the Lions can give them a run for their money. Obviously, I think Green Bay is going to win, and I think all three of us will think Green Bay is going to win. But with the Lions' offense, how they played last week, Green Bay's defense is worse than San Francisco's. I think they could take them for a run for their money. You know, let me get in here really quick before we go and pick our games. Um, any week of football has got some great football. The 1 o'clock games are really good this week. The football you want to tune in for is at that 425 slot today. Vikings, Cardinals, Falcons, Bucks, I think. is a, it's, I mean, it's a division matchup. I think we'll see a lot of air attack there. Titans, Seahawks, and Cowboys, Chargers, my game of the week. So many great games in that 4 o'clock window. Those are the games that you want to tune in for. Yeah, I mean that that's a good point. I mean, uh we we've got we've got great games this week. Sunday night football I think is even great too. We're obviously gonna go through the picks in about five minutes, five to six minutes, but yeah, I mean these these are there are really great games. Um even even in one o'clock. I mean it's just a great it's a great week of football, guys. Yeah. We got a great slate coming up and a lot of very competitive games. But I actually did want to go back to what you were talking about with the Lions Packers game. Um, right now the line is eleven minus eleven and a half for the Packers. I think that's I saw that. that's ridiculous. That's massive considering the week one performances that both teams put out on the field. I think that the Lions with Dan Campbell right now, they have a new cult culture brewing where they are not scared of anyone. Like Dan Campbell said, they're gonna try and bite the other team's kneecaps. I mean, they're gonna be so intense and they're not gonna be scared of Aaron Rodgers, especially the performance he put on last week. I think they're going to be able to run the ball. I think they are going to continue to utilize TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift in the passing game. And this game will be a lot closer than advertised. I will say, I don't think the Packers have lost two in a row in a while. But And Aaron Rodgers, after a loss, is just <laughs> insane. Um, I don't remember the stat. I want to say it's 6-0, and but I don't understand where the 6 comes from because they definitely didn't lose 6 games last year. Um, it might be like over like the past two seasons. It could be. It could be. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a good game. Dan, Dan Campbell, I will say, I do like him for being in the NFC North. Don't like Matt Nagy. Don't like Mike Zimmer. But I do like Dan Campbell. And I honestly don't even hate the Lions. It's, it, why would you hate a team that's that bad? I mean, they they have some good colors. They have a good logo. You know, it's not like it's the Bears. You know, I, I despise the Bears. And, of course, you got to love Jamal Williams. I mean, He's an absolute comedian coming from the Packers. I love watching I miss him. some of uh, his interviews. I didn't really realize it until he got on the lines, and some of his newer interviews were shed into spotlight. But he, he's absolutely hilarious. I mean, he was just a ball of energy. And, and I, I went, actually went to a Steelers-Packers game, and he played tremendous. I mean, Brett Hundley was playing, and they almost won. Uh, but, you know, Antonio Brown decided to catch a really good ball. <laughs> Put them in field goal range. I, I don't like Antonio Brown because of that. Antonio Brown looked absolutely fantastic he, last Thursday night. I think I think we could see Antonio Brown of old this upcoming year. He's in a really good position there. He's got two good wide receivers on the outside, Gronk on the inside, and obviously Tom Brady, the best to ever do it, throwing the ball. So I think he's in a really good position. 
Yeah, no, I, I was I was thinking fan, or for fantasy football, Antonio Brown's the league winner this year. I think Antonio Brown is he can go back to a top five receiver after this year, and, and he's he does have Tom Brady throwing him the ball, which uh, they looked really good. That that connection looked really good last uh, Thursday, two Thursdays ago. Um, but we'll see what they can do with the Falcons Buccaneers. Yep, I mean Antonio, like like you said, also. Chris Godwin, you know, came out, balled out, you know, nine receptions on 14 targets. Uh, he's looking like he might be the number one target in the offense, but I think on a week-to-week basis, it's really going to change depending on the matchup, depending on the type of defensive scheme that their opposing team puts out on the field. So I think it's going to really vary week-to-week. I think all of these guys are going to produce. And uh, like I said before the season, Antonio Brown is going to come out and, you know, kind of shock the world because he's going to, he is in the midst of turning back the clock, and uh, he's in the best environment possible to complete that mission. All right, we're going to go into our last break of today, and when we come back, we are going to be picking the Sunday football Sunday slate of football games, including the Monday night and the Thursday night next week, maybe some college football games here and there. We'll see after the break here on VIC Radio. Tune in to VIC Radio every Monday from 6 to 8 p.m. to hear more songs your dad likes. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. Welcome back to Goat Check Gridiron here on VIC Radio. We just went through the week two games. We went had a week two question. Now we're going to go through our picks. Um, last week... We did on we we are keeping track of this. Um, last week, I Mike had the best record. He did pick all the the um, all the, the still favorites. the best record. He, he has the best <laughs> record. I think Connor is one behind him, and I'm struggling uh, to two behind him. Actually, I don't know, Connor. Did you pick the Giants or the football team? I picked the football team or the Giants. Okay, so so I'd be tied with him, and Mike would still have that lead. Um, but we got picks here. Um, we're going to start with it. We got the Bengals-Bears. The Bears are a 2.5 favorite um, coming into this game. Connor, I'm going to start with you. I realize that you're bolding everything that you're going to pick, so you're letting us know what you're going to pick. Um, but you can go ahead. I forgot that I didn't make my own copy of the uh, the, the sheet this morning. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bengals. I think the Bengals uh, – I believe in Joe Burrow this year. Obviously, if he has a good offensive line that uh, is going to be able to hold and keep him upright, I think they'll be really good. So I'm going to go with the Bengals here. I'm going to go with the Bengals as well. I love Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, that um, that uh, duo you know, that, that we've seen there. and I love Joe Burrow. We know that. So I'm going to go with the Bengals here, Mike. I'm going with the Bears. I just don't think that the Bengals are a good football team. I think they're passing offense. And, um, obviously, Joe Mixon balled out last week, but I just don't think that their defense is going to be able to get it done uh, this week. I think last week was more of an anomaly for the Bengals, but 
I could be wrong. They could be, you know, a decent team this season, but I still don't think that will be the case. So I'm going to take the Bears here. Mike, I'm going to stay with you here for the next game. We got Texans at Browns. Browns are 13 point favorite. Yeah, I'm going to take the Browns. I don't know about that spread. That that's a very large spread because uh, Houston might actually have a decent offense, but I'm going to take the Browns here. They're going to run wild against Houston. I'm going to take the Browns too. I, I don't really uh, think I need to explain that a lot. Connor? I'm going to take the Browns, and I think they cover. I think they cover the 13-point spread. Wow, Connor, we're going to stick with you for the next game. we got the Rams, 3.5 favor over the Colts. Um, Pittman is playing for the Colts, and uh, what's the other receiver that's out? Paris Campbell is out for the Colts. You know, you mentioned at the top of the show that you thought the Rams after week one were a great NFC Super Bowl favorite, and I I would have to agree with you. I think the Rams are a very good team, and I think they come in and send the Colts to a start of 0-2. I'm going to go with the Rams, too. Love what the Rams can do. I still think the Colts are a good team. They could still make the playoffs. It's just going to be a little struggle here to start the season out. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to take the Rams here as well. The Colts just got um, bad luck of the draw in terms of their competition starting off this season but I think that after you know this difficult stretch they'll start to pick it up but unfortunately I think that the Rams are going to give them a loss in this one Mike I'm going to stick with you here we got the Bills at the Dolphins Bills are 3.5 favorites yep I'm going to go with the Dolphins here I think that they're going to come out and win at home they showed um, some very promising signs against the New England Patriots Uh, their defense looked really good obviously it's going to be tough to move that ball on uh New England, given their defensive assets. But uh, the Bills did not look good week one. I think that struggle is going to continue down in Miami. Man, sound the alarms. That's the first uh, one that Mike did not pick <laughs> the favorite uh, here on Go Check Gridiron. I'm going to take the Bills. Um, I think the Dolphins are good. I think the Dolphins can be a good team. Uh, I'm not sure if I still love to. I'm not sold on him. And I think the Bills are going to bounce back after a tough first week. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bills as well. We saw Josh Allen struggle a little bit against a really good Pittsburgh uh, defense last week. I think he comes out and he absolutely lights up Miami. Connor, you got the Jets. They're playing the Patriots. Patriots are six-point favorite. Patriots need the win. I think they're going to come out. Bill Belichick's going to throw everything he can at Zach Wilson. Obviously, he knows. He saw what Carolina did last week. Bill Belichick has a great defensive mind. He's going to throw everything at the young guy, and uh, they're going to win. Yeah, I think Zach Wilson struggles today. I think the defensive line gets into the offensive line and starts putting a lot of pressure on Zach Wilson. Give me the Patriots here. Yeah, I got the Patriots easily. Mike, stick with you. 49ers, three-point three, three, fa- three point favorites over the Philadelphia Eagles at Lincoln Financial Field. Uh, I'm going to go with the Niners here. Although the Eagles are home and showed out week one, I don't think that was a project of them uh being an elite team, I think it was just the Falcons being really bad on both sides of the ball. This is going to be a close game, but I still think that the 49ers are going to come in uh, to Philadelphia and do their job. I'm going to go with the Eagles. I think the Eagles' defense is going to uh, be able to stop that 49ers' offense. I, I wasn't too thrilled about the 49ers' offense. They did go up against the Lions week one. They did put up 41 points, but still. And that defense did start to blow a lead, and I think Jalen Hurts is a totally different quarterback than, than Jared Goff. Uh, so give me the Eagles. I'm a believer of the Eagles this year. I'm a believer of Jay, uh, Jalen Hurts this year. I think he's he's got it. I think he really does. I think he's going to be the best quarterback that the Philadelphia Eagles have seen in quite some time. So I'm going to go with the Eagles here. 
I will say, I, I don't want to get off task, but I think the, it's going to be Eagles-Cowboys for this division uh, towards the end of the, the year. Um, next game, the Raiders at Steelers. Steelers, 6.5 favorites. I don't quite understand that. I think the Raiders looked really good in Week 1. Obviously, they lost a, they lost an offensive lineman to an ACL tear in Week 1, but I really like the Raiders here. I'm going to go with the Raiders. I'm going to go with the Steelers. I don't, I'm not sure about the spread, if they're going to cover that, but uh, I think the Steelers' defense was unstoppable, and I think uh, the Ravens versus Steelers, when we're comparing those defense, Steelers so much better, and I think they're going to bring a lot at Derek Carr. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this, with the Steelers, they're just healthy on defense, and that, that that's a big reason why they were so good against the Bills, and I don't really like the spread here either, but I think the Steelers are going to come out on top. I think Najee Harris is going to have a big day. He didn't you know, perform very well week one against the Bills, but I think he's going to come out in this game. He played 100% of the snaps last week, and he's going to get a lot, a lot of volume, and that's going to turn into a lot, a lot of production. Fancy managers, I know it's a little late, but I would trade for Najee Harris yes. for sure. Um, we got the Saints, three-point favorite over their rival, the Panthers. Marshawn Lattimore is uh, officially inactive. I'm pretty sure that I saw that from Rappaport. Uh, or Field Yates. I can't remember which one. But nonetheless, Mike, I'm going to stick with you. Yeah, I think he went on IR for some hand injury or, or some sort of obscure injury. But I'm, I'm going to take the Saints here. I also like the spread in this situation. I think the Saints really looked good against who we thought was going to be an NFC contender. Um, so I'm going to take the Saints here, definitely. Um, I don't know. Would have... Give me the Saints. I'm going to go safe a little here. I do think the Panthers can give the Saints a run for their money. I'm, I'm still not sold on the Saints. Yeah, they did play really well, but I think there was a lot of mistakes by Green Bay watching that game. Um, Connor? I'll take the Panthers. I think their front six is going to have a really good game. I think they'll be able to get pressure on Jameis. I think it'll, I think it'll uh, fluster him a little bit. He'll make some mistakes today, and I think the Panthers will take advantage and win. The, the, I was, I was sort of thinking the same. I'm sticking with the Saints. Maybe I could get a little ahead of you. Um, we got the Broncos, Jaguars. Broncos six point favorites over Trevor Lawrence and those uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Got to go with the Broncos. I, I just, I don't think Jacksonville is comparable of anything so i gotta go with denver yeah i will say mike broncos did impress me week one you might be right on that one uh we might have been wrong i I will admit when i'm wrong but i'm gonna take the broncos yeah the broncos did come out and play really well against the giants week one and uh i think that's going to continue in jacksonville i think that they're going to be fighting in uh for a playoff spot in the afc and that afc west division is looking uh or came into the year a little bit underrated, and a lot of the, all four of them won week one. So I'm excited to watch that race uh, moving forward towards the end of the season. And next we got, Mike, I'm going to stick with you. We got the Vikings at Cardinals. Cardinals, 3.5 favorites. Yeah, Cardinals at home, 100% here. Um, they looked so, so good week one, and I think that's only going to continue. Was the Vikings did not look very impressive week one. Really, the path to winning for the Vikings right here is utilizing Dalvin Cook more. He's your best player, and you just got to run the ball and control the clock and keep the ball away from Kyler Murray. I'm going to go off the grid here. I'm going to take the Vikings. I know it's probably a shocker. The Cardinals looked really good. I just uh, think the Vikings are going to need to win, and I think Mike Zimmer realizes that they do have a couple injuries on that defensive side of the ball, but I think that they're going to need to get Dalvin Cook the ball, and I know uh, last week that 
Derrick Henry was stopped, I think Dalvin Cook comes out, and I think they 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 kind of compare it and they they strategize for this and to get Dalvin Cook the ball and to get him downfield. I think you're nuts. I think the Cardinals win this game, and I think they cover. I think you are nuts with that analysis. We'll, we'll see. I mean, last week you made some questionable picks, too, over there. <laughs> some of them did pay off for you, Connor. Um, but next game we got Tampa Bay, 12.5 favorites over Falcons. If I picked this game, I would be nuts. But, Connor? I'll take the Buccaneers, um, but give me the Falcons with the points. Buccaneers went outright. I would take the Falcons if I was betting with the points. Uh, I'm going to take the Buccaneers. I'm going to take the Bucks. I would also consider the spread for that, too, just considering that the Falcons just lost by, like, 25 to the Eagles. What are the Bucks going to do? Um, so that's that's something to consider, but I have the Bucks 100% in this game. Next game, I'm sick with you, Mike. <clears throat> 6.5 favorite Seahawks are playing at home against the Tennessee Titans. I'm going to go with the Seahawks here. I'm surprised that the spread is this big, but I'm still going to take the Seahawks here, the 12th man is going to be a factor. And uh, Tennessee might take a little bit for them to get going this year, but uh, they're going to need to get Derrick Henry the ball to Minnesota. They did not use him to the fullest of his potential, so they got to give Derrick Henry the ball one of the most dominant runners, if not the most in the whole of the league. So uh, that's the key to winning for the Titans, but I'm still taking the Seahawks here. They're going to shred Tennessee. I'm going to take the Seahawks, too, here. I did realize I forgot the Cowboys-Chargers. Thank you for highlighting that. I'm going to take the Seahawks. I think they look really good. I think Russell Wilson, obviously, he always plays like an MVP the first half of the year. I think he's going to he's gonna continue to play like that this week and obviously tail off towards the end of the year. But for now, I think he plays really well and beats the Titans. Cowboys or Chargers? Three-point favorite, Chargers. Chargers. I'm going to go with the Chargers, too. Mike, you're wearing the Dak Prescott jersey. Do you think the Chargers are going to win or Cowboys? Yeah, this is the first. I just got this jersey over the summer, so hopefully it'll give me some good luck uh, the first time I'm wearing it. But I'm, I'm going to take the Chargers here. I think that the uh, injuries that the Cowboys have on defense is too insurmountable, so I'm going to take the Chargers. All right, next game we got Kansas City, Baltimore, six point, or 3.5 favorites, excuse me, Kansas City. I'm taking the Chiefs here, similar to Dallas, just – uh, Baltimore has too many injuries. I'm going to take Chiefs. I'm going to take the Chiefs as well. Connor, I'm going to stick with you. Packers, Lions, 11.5 favorite Packers. Packers in a close game. Packers. Packers, give me the points for the Lions, though. And we're going to do Thursday Night Football quickly. Panthers, Texans, 3.5 favorite is the Panthers. Texans win this game. Panthers. Panthers. You really think the Texans are going to win? That's interesting. Um, but that is going to be the end of Go Check Radar and here for our second week. Thank you guys for tuning in. Up next, we got New York Take a Walk uh, here on VIC Radio.